Welcome everyone, we're about to begin with Hashem BPM number 57, that's Spice Primi Shear for Men, Shear number 57. We mentioned that the Sheva Brachis is not just for those seven days and for the Chasana, but it's a blueprint and a Mahalach of life for the whole married life. And the third Bracha, Baruch Atah Hashem, Elkeinu Melech HaOlam, Yoytzer HaOdam, Yoytzer HaOdam, highlights that concept that Chazal taught us, Kal Adam Adam. person is not quite considered a full person until they are not united with their other half. And this bracha hints at that importance and shalom bayis, that harmony is necessary in building a family, it's necessary for its own structure in and of itself. And that is the aside of it's a mission. In other words, every individual is taka unique. Every yachid, even just the husband, just the wife. But also, every couple has their own identity. Every couple, as one, being together, has a mission statement, has a tachlis in life, a tafkid. Every individual has a tafkid, and every couple has a unique tafkid in what they're supposed to do as a couple, what they need to accomplish as a couple which is ideally, and it's meant to be, reyem ahuvim, reyem, to be each other's best friends. You stand together, always at each other's side, loyal to each other. Loyal to each other, especially when they're facing challenges. We mentioned very early in the Shalom Bayes Shiorim, I think it was Shalom Bayes number three, although in the beginning, the Medrash, about this couple who loved each other, but they were unable to have children, and they decided after 10 years to get divorced. And when they came to Rav Shimon Bar Yochoi, and um, he asked, they asked him to, be, uh, to do the get. And he, invite, he advised them first to make a simcha, make a suda, make a party for the family and friends. And because he said, just like you closed your union, you became married with a celebration, your divorce also should be that way. And after the meal, the woman poured cup after cup of wine to her husband, and her his mood got better and got uplifted. And he said, "If is there any precious items here that you would like, take what you want uh, the most and bring it back to your father's home when you go home. And the husband fell into a deep sleep, and she asked her servants to help him into his bed and carry him into her father's home. When the husband woke up, he recognized his surroundings. He asked his wife what happened. And his wife said, you told me uh, to take the thing from our home that I wanted most in, to my, in, uh, and bring it to my father's home. And that's what I did. And you're because you're the one I want the most. And they, when, with that, they returned to Roshim Bar-Yechoi, and when he saw that tremendous ahava that they had for each other, he davened for them, and they were blessed with children. Now, I know you're saying that this is Roshim Bar-Yechoi, but you still see from here that it's ma'ayra rachme shamayim, it's ma'ayra chesed, it's ma'ayra healing when you develop and you work on developing a great love for one another, and that enhances Shalom Bayis greatly. And this is the idea. And we also going to say it again, 
That pruravu is extremely important mitzvah. It's the first mitzvah in the Torah. It's a tremendous yisoid. And it is a, in the large scale, one of the main reasons for marriage. In, but its value is not to supersede the, the etzem union of the couple between a husband and wife. The children, Baruch Hashem, are a result of that union, but the, the children do not define the marriage. And children are not its own reason, the only reason why the marriage is there. And therefore, with taking this into account, though, we do need to have compassion towards couples who have trouble having children, primary or secondary inter- infertility. And we, I think we had also an early Shalom bias share about that. And they need to support each other and daven together. And, but the priority has to be their own relationship. And, and they sometimes need chizik and help that their, their, their um, uh, journey towards the fertility tra- treatments and, and working through things should not um, make it in their minds or in anyone's minds that their union is any less valuable than other unions where there is children. It's, 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 it's equally and sometimes even more important. It is, it is a chibur in and of itself that is eternal and that is special. And so one of the pshatim that's brought down in the Akedas Yitzchak Parshas Bereshish Shartes, that when Rachel saw she couldn't have children, it says she got jealous of her, of her sister. And he, she told, yeah, which is a separate Torah, that the jealousy came from a, a pure motive. It wasn't the regular kinna. And he, she told Yaakov, give me children. Or daven for me that I should have that you that 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 I you know I should have children. Then I in may Otherwise I'm dead. Otherwise I I I die. And vayoymer and Yaakov responded. He was upset and he said, "Am I can I take the place of Hashem? And he explains that it's like this: that the Torah gave the woman two names, Isha. And Chava. Isha is the woman as an individual. Isha, she came from a man and possesses equal capabilities within that intellectual um, capacity, in moral capacity, in the Bini Yaseira, it's even beyond that. So she has that concept of an Isha. And then she has the concept of Chava. Chava is called Chai, the mother of all living, her capacity to bear children. So Yaakov was trying to tell Rachel. Don't forget, you're you're focusing on the hasachas elikim anoichi, that you can't have children. But don't forget your second purpose, of which you can thrive, of which you can have shleimus, and that is according, that's in Akedas Yitzchak a beautiful pshat, and that is how we need to live. Say whether with Baruch Hashem zayichet children, say with Hashem's help. Hashem should help all those that don't have children yet should have children and childless couples. Unfortunately, the bottom line is, is that those words are ikr. There is a tachlis to marriage in and of itself. That's mitzchias. If you handle it properly and if you behave 
properly. Now, we're going to talk now about the concept of public displays of affection. And the idea is, you know, it says in Shulchan Aruch, in uh, This is brought down in Eben Ezer, Chafalif, Sif Hey. A person should not act affectionately even towards one's own wife or own, uh, in front of others. Why is that so? Because intimacy between husband and wife is the most sacred activity. It's not because it's shameful. It's because it's sacred. It's kaddish. It's special. And the way it works in, 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 in machshava, the holier something is, the more elevated something is, the more it's hidden away. For example, a sefer Torah, you put on a belt, you put on a cover, you put on a mantle, you put it into the Arna Kodesh, and then you have it covered with a parechas on top of the, you know, uh, beyond the Arna Kodesh. Then the Torah is taken out by Kriya Satayra, you read it, and only Mondays, Thursdays, Shabbosim, Mincha afternoon, and Rish Chodesh, you know, certain times, Tainus Tzibur, Mincha, also. And as soon as it's completed, what happens? The Torah, the Hagba, Galila, it put on the belt, put on the mantle, behind closed doors again, with the Parachas. Why? Because that's the concept of Kedusha. You bring it out in its right place, Otherwise, it's it's too precious to, to 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 be always revealed, so it's hidden, and that is according to the Peshat that Moshe was praised when he covered his face when he was afraid to look at the Sineh. and the Mefarshim explained that it's not Peshat he was afraid like like you know nervous uh, about any harm, but he was in awe, he was in awe of that kedusha, and when faced with that kedusha, he covered him covered his face. Same thing we see by Rivka when he saw she saw Yitzchak with his Yer Shemayim for the first time. She covered her face. And um, same thing with the Malachim, when Yeshaya Novi uh, envisioned the Malachim and in front of Hashem's Kisi HaKavit, where they had six wings, two for flying, two, it's again symbolic, it's not literal, but it's the way we understand, you know, it's meant for us to grasp and understand in our terms. Six wings, two for flying, Two um, and um, two and another and, and another two. Um, basically, four to cover up the feet, two to cover up the feet, two to cover up the face. So the only ones that function in flying is two. The other four wings is to cover the feet and to cover the face, meaning because of the kedusha of Hashem, it's covered. And do and, and same idea of. The badekin is a common is also that 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 concept, and then you see in the base of Migdash, um that also you had it with the kohen gadol entered the kodesh hakadoshim on Yom Kippur. He was the holiest person in the holiest place on the holiest day, Achas Bashana Yom Kippur, and that is where he experienced that loving relationship between. Hashem and Knesset Yisrael through the Kruvim, it's called Hadar Hamita, it's the bedroom. That's an allusion to uh, Pasik in Malachim Beis, Parak Yidalef, Pasik um, Beis, look at Rashi over there, and Devi Ayomim, Parak Yidalef, Devi Ayomim Beis, Parak Chav Gimel, Pasik Yudalef. So, Hadar Hamita is bedroom, Kedesh HaKadoshim, bedroom, is the master bedroom. Like the Kodesh Hakadoshim, it's the private place. No one else 
enters in that sacred space. Children technically go may enter, but they shouldn't enter the Hadar Hamitais. They need to sense that there's a certain specialness there, similar to the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And Bilam, who said this with Ruach HaKodesh, with Hashem's uh, putting Ruach HaKodesh in Matoi Yaakov. And Rashi says he was impressed in this area because of the Tznias, Tznias meaning that they were the tents were positioned where no two doors directly faced each other. That emphasis of privacy is brought down in Halacha, which Hezekiah, uh, in Baba Basra, and in other places where you shouldn't have well door or homes built next to each other with doors and windows that face directly to the doors and windows of the homes nearby. Looking Mishpat, Simon Kuf Nun Dalid Asif Gimel talks about that. So you see there that privacy concept, and also. In Benegea uh, Das Yehudis, we say that so, that an Isha could lose her ksuba if she's a koilanis. Koilanis, according to Wamshat, is that is a woman whose voice can be heard by others regarding matters. She talks about matters involving sexual expression or intimacy. So um, either that people living next to her home can hear um, could hear her. Uh, soliciting her husband's attention or refusing her husband's attention in the sexual realm, or the neighbors hear that they actually are engaged in sexual activity. That lack of discretion, that lack of tzniyas, is considered a breach, and the husband may divorce her over this these issues um, without a ksuba. So the idea is, though, and to be masber, and this is so important to, to just remember this, the, the, the emphasis on this privacy is not to be to inhibit sexual expression. You're not holding back because it's bad. And Adaraba, when it's the right time and there's supposed to be an Aina, like when this kind is supposed to go to Kaishakadoshan, and it's and, and with Aina it's way more than once a year. And it's it and 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 when and it's it's every single time it's that kedusha in a very special way that there should be uh, no inhibition or what I mean is that it should be free obviously with an ex- a free expression of the neshama and the guf together in the right way but a lot of openness and so on it's not to be restricting your own self in those situations it's meant to preserve intimacy that it should be free and loving during that time. And, you know, the concept behind it is that if, you know, you, you, you basically keep those guidelines, though that modesty, then when it is time to be together, it's extremely uh, exciting and passionate and, 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 and warm. And that's so sad with um, the way the culture is these days. Um, in America and in other places where uh, it's just so un- unbelievably strange. I know it's a strong taiva, the sexual drive. So, you know, on that sense, you understand it. But but think about it for a minute. These adults, they would never share, young adults or, or, or older teenagers, they wouldn't share their credit card info. They wouldn't share their bank accounts. They wouldn't share their toothbrush. But sleeping together, no problem. And... And they and they don't even understand why, 
Um, and there's a lot of misery with this hookup culture. If you study uh, teens and you do interviews with them, a lot of it is peer pressure, and a lot of them is very, uh, it causes misery. And therefore, it's so important to preserve it and use it smartly for the right things and at the right time in a marriage. And we spoke, and the question is also about children. Um, how much should they see? Should they see their hu uh, uh, spouses hugging and kissing and so on and so forth? And there's different schools of thought about, you know, the concept of children seeing physical affection. And what what is definitely, whether you whole feel this way or you feel that way, overtly open sexual uh, expression should not be done in front of the children. Even if you do have physical contact, you know, a, a kiss on the head, a caress, a pat on the back, you know, those type of things, if you allow it to be seen, you allow it to be seen. But the things that you know sh should be, that you, you know, in the bedroom, you don't do in front of your children in an overtly sexual way. That not. And, and, and for those who are makbid, that they don't show physical affection or physical contact, rather, they don't show that in front of the children. What they need to do, though, is so important is to show them by the way they interact with each other, the way they look at each other in their eyes, the way the tone of voice and the way they talk, to be respectful, considerate, tender, responsible, consist consistent in meeting each other's needs and the children see that they see a tender look a shared smile they'll know they don't need to necessarily see the physical expression openly and you know ironically if uh if 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 a husband and wife fight and are disrespectful to each other then even if they display physical affection in front of their children from time to time even when it's sincere and well, in those times that they they really mean it, it won't help your children, because they'll also see the the fighting and the screaming and the yelling. <laughs> so, so that is the idea. It's not going to make them calmer if they see you fighting and screaming and yelling and or treating each other with disrespect or silent treatment. If the children see that, then when there's other times with this public display of affection, when you're really showing affection to one another, it's not going to calm them. It's not going to be response. They they know that uh, it's like a, 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 a you know a ticking time bomb. It could blow up. So it's not the idea of physical affection that um, creates security for a husband and wife, a mother and father for their children when they see their parents loving each other, getting along. But like I said, everyone listening now has a different mahalach, a different culture about about just in front of the children whether you show some physical affection. But I'm just being matgish. For the ones that do, it cannot be overtly sexual. And for the ones that don't, they need to be very careful to... And the ones that do also, but the bottom line is, is you need to show your love in many non-physical ways that the children see it very clearly. And then there's nothing harmful if, let's say, Shabbos and then this, this the Torah period and they're sitting on the couch and they're covered by a cover, let's say, in the long Friday winter nights, 
and they're both reading. It looks like they're reading. He's looking into something in, 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 in uh, you know, a, a safer uh, a, 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 about, uh, you know, Tzadikim. He's reading a story and she's reading also something, whatever it is. And whatever, or even conversations and the family's there. And on the covers, they're just holding hands with each other. No one sees, no one knows, no one, no one recognizes it. That creates also a certain spark, a certain excitement, a certain degree of closeness. And it's worth sometimes to try that out, especially if you're going to be intimate later that night, Friday night. It's it's a nice, um, in, you know, in, you know, like a introduction towards that. Brachan atzlacha.